1: Wherever podcasts are available.
0: This episode of Beyond is brought to you by ForHims.com. F-O-R-H-I-M S.com. Beyond.
1: Beyond. Beyond.
2: Beyond. 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 Okay.
1: Beyond and welcome to episode 556 of IGN Beyond, our PlayStation show. My name is Jonathan Dormish. I am your host this week. I am joined by Brian Altana. <laughs> <laughs> Max Scoville.
0: Hey, you probably didn't recognize me with my thick, ferocious beard. That's not a beard. There's
1: there's no beard. And Tom Marks. Hello. Uh, Before we begin the show, quick reminder that's just Tom's hello. uh, That Beyond is live every week on Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific at beyond.ign.com. It will be there for a full 24 hours before it will be live on all the other platforms and podcast services you'd expect. So make sure to come back Wednesdays, 3 p.m. Pacific, for every episode of Beyond. Now this week's show, we're going to be talking about so much this week. We've got Cyberpunk 2077. We've seen new screenshots of that game. It is still a game that we know about, but no new footage yet. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're going to be talking about uh, Yakuza Kawami 2, which Max has played quite a bit of. (laughs) Uh, We're going to be talking about Firewall Zero Hour, which Max and I have played, as well as PSVR in general, and Guacamelee 2, now that it is out and my review is live. But first, a reminder, Gamescom is currently happening this week, and we have a huge live stream going on all week long and I believe I, it is every day starting at like 6am Pacific it's at a very not convenient time if you're in America
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> it's probably great timing if you're in Germany where or if you're a farmer happens. yeah, and you get up super early f- to help the cows get this well meal. the cows are probably getting neglected because the games are here
2: <laughs> I, I just love the image of a farmer out in his fields watching an IGN live stream on his phone yeah. like while working
1: he's got to know about Farming Simulator 19
2: yeah.
3: IGN's yeah. Gamescom live stream is actually the world's leading killer of American farm animals every year <laughs>
1: that is a true fact. Uh, we have that live stream going on every day this week through Thursday so be sure to tune in we'll also have all the biggest news previews exclusive gameplay a lot going on so you definitely want to tune in for that because most of our co-workers are gone this week working yeah. very hard
0: and on if you're show. not a morning person it all gets taped onto VCR and then we upload mm-hmm. the tapes to the computer yep. mm-hmm. using the internet
1: and then you can watch it through Periscope yeah. that's
0: why last week's episode was at 360p <laughs> yeah I don't know what happened there that was a, yeah, sorry a grand that. mystery and we're like, like, our VCR well,
1: broke whoops. if you're watching on YouTube yeah apologies about that First, we're going to dive in, though. We have another guest at the table. You may not be able to tell if you're watching the video version because they blend in very n- nicely to the wall. This is the 500 million limited edition PlayStation 4 Pro. Mm-hmm. 50,000 of these will be on sale except for this one. So I guess 49999 And
3: so this is a celebration of 500 million PS4s sold. Uh PlayStation's Just kidding. in general. <laughs> yeah, PlayStation's in general.
1: Yeah. Um. Yeah, since the brand began in 1994, they've sold I think 525.3 million is their newest stat, and to commemorate that, they've made 50,000 of these. They are all individually numbered. This
0: one is 37195 out of 50,000, which wow. is kind of cool. There's a little plaque on the front here. I don't know if you can see it. This thing looks more black than a regular PlayStation <laughs> does on camera. It's I assure you, it is the deepest of blue.
1: We have yeah. a full unboxing of it on the website on YouTube. If you want to see more of it, uh, actually and not just blending into the If you want to here. see
0: it, period. Yeah, can you, it's, can you, it's a little it's, difficult it's to see. It's upside it's down.
3: I
1: can't even not tell. I, understand.
0: <laughs> I, can't even see, I can't even see the logo. There we go. That.
1: Uh, yeah, so it's a two terabyte hard drive, which is the first time they've done this worldwide. What? It, yeah, this is the first also translucent PlayStation they've officially released in North America in the, like, history of the brand mm-hmm. uh, if you buy it it's $500 it goes on sale August 24th at the PlayStation store as well as like most can like you, retailers can you see through it totally? yeah so I'm going to lift it up to uh, the one if we want to switch to it very quickly you can see through basically all sides of it I have to angle it a little bit you can see basically all the inner workings of your lovely PlayStation hard drive fans and I when you
0: when you turn different. it on all of those parts will start moving around very fast
1: they may fall out good luck uh, yeah, to so see all the thing- elves
0: at work. I don't think people <laughs> could see me through that PS4. All of those little playroom robots jumping around. <laughs> uh, no. So it also has, it, it, for 500 bucks, you get the the console, the controller, and then of course there's also a camera. Yes,
1: yeah, so you got the PlayStation camera, which so the controller has the translucent blue on the front, but a sort of solid back. A navy blue.
0: I'm going to be honest. I hate it. Here, let's take a look at this. It's it's just like navy blue. It's like if you made like a police-themed controller from the back. They do this with all their controllers that are like something funky on the front. And they're like, guess what? On the back, it's just gray. And it's like, that's not... That's not fun at all.
2: I wonder how often are you looking at the back of your PlayStation controllers, (laughs) though?
0: Well, when I hurl at the ground in disgust at how I don't like how it looks and it looks up (laughs) at me with shame in its eyes. Do you think
2: like they have to have
0: like
3: legally they have to have that grip texture there and you can't make that clear? I have no idea how that works. (laughs) if it's yeah. like,
2: not it's like a list. liability issue. Yeah, I, it yeah, I don't. I mean, your hands. It's,
3: that's always the case with those things, right? Like yeah, it's always got that that same texture to it. So. Well, they
1: also revealed four new DualShock colors separate from this PlayStation Pro. So
3: before we jump into yeah. that, well, yeah. is is it possible to buy that controller separately? Yeah. Or?
1: So nicely, if you can't get one of the forty nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine other <laughs> PS4 Pros, you can buy the controller separately as well as a PlayStation Gold wireless headset. Mm-hmm. Those will both be available individually, and you can grab those if you, you can't get one. of it gold or blue? PS4. Oh yeah. You're actually, gonna try to buy this? Yeah, yeah. You're gonna add this to your growing collection of Spider-Man: my, Kingdom my Hearts. 12 PS4 Pros. Yeah, I don't actually have that many. I have people have been like, "Wow, you guys make a lot of money." I don't actually have all of you them. You run on a Bitcoin just, farm? Just
0: steal <laughs> it from work. Yeah. Just Take it home. So, I stole this jacket from work. This is a days gone promotional jacket. That's not true. Sure. <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. It's just a <laughs> resident <rinsed down> jacket. <laughs> <laughs> They haven't sent out Days Gone promotional jackets yet, but when they do, I'll be sure to steal one of those. Yeah, if you guys
3: are looking for some ideas and you're working on Days Gone, that's the one to do right there. That promotional jacket. Really sell that game.
2: Denim jacket with no logos, with no patches. patches.
3: You know, just like a real motorcycle guy, just keeping it clean.
0: I got a joke for you. What what kind of fabric do the Mario Brothers wear? Denim, denim, denim. (laughs) Denim, denim, denim. All right, let's move on to the PlayStation anyway, show. Uh, Keep it together, unbelievable. Quick
1: question, so I do plan on buying this if any of you guys do, please let me know. But also, is there actually any PlayStation 4 Pro or just a special edition console that you would buy if you don't have one already? I assume most of us probably bought
2: standard editions. Uh, I bought the white you, one. Okay, so I, I went out of my way to buy the the white PlayStation 4 Pro from GameStop. I was think that the they for were them. Destiny? No, it was just a. It was just like just a, a called the Blizzard or something like they that. They came out at the same time. Okay, yeah. got it. So got it, they first it. distributed it with Destiny Two, I believe, as a tie-in. Right, but it really had nothing to do with. No, it was this. just yeah. just a white PS4 Pro. And then I, I know that they did the gold one, right? Which if I had. Known about at the time, I would have <laughs> bought because I'm a sucker for anything gold, like okay. just unabashedly, unashamedly. I love gaudy shit so much. <laughs> um, but and that's why I think it's really interesting that this one is like copper, yeah. not gold. It's, it's very subtle. Yeah, so so these- people who
0: kind of suck at games, <laughs> you're like, yeah, I got the, the bronze. The copper. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, 38% of these games.
3: Like, this is made from real PlayStation trophies that have been melted what down a shame. from bad players. All over the world. <laughs> so, thank you for your contributions.
0: Yeah, I mean, I have a, I, I upgraded a PS4 Pro, and I, it's just it's kind of a regular one. And mm-hmm. it, part of me is like, oh, I wish it was something nice and exciting. But at the same time, I was just like, nah, it's fine. Uh, I do have a white Xbox One Slim, whatever mm-hmm. the, the one that they put out, which yes. is which yeah. is cool. But it's not like a limited edition or anything. Uh, I think that they usually like limited edition PS4s usually suck. Like, they're frequently very disappointing, and that's that goes across the board. I think the only thing, the only company that does it right is uh, is Nintendo with, like, weird, you know, 3DSs. And even mm-hmm. then, they're sometimes, like, very, very bland. Those the, are very hit or miss. We team. put a yeah. sticker on there. Yeah. Uh, I think that comes down to the fact that if, it, if they put out something, like, this is a special limited edition version, it's super fancy, uh, but in the case that, like, it sucks or the, the thing that they're putting it out for just doesn't get the response they want, they don't mm-hmm. want to be left with a bunch of inventory. Yeah. Like, I'm... I like the Darth Vader PS4. It's not a pro, um, and I. But I don't
3: like the controller that was bundled with that. That was the 2015 Battlefront one, and obviously I love the Spider-Man one. It's a little loud for my apartment, but yeah. for an entertainment <laughs> center, it's nice. Um, I think that's the way to do it because it doesn't just say Spider-Man across the front of it, yeah. like the one they did for Star Wars last year. Just says Star Wars on it. And you're like, all right, you don't have to <laughs> get do <that."> it. Star <laughs> Wars, like the movie. Have you heard of it?
0: Uh, the that? one exception. I think the only good thing that ever came out of Star Wars Connect was that limited edition oh, 360 they yep. put out. Oh God, yeah. It looked like R2D2, and then the mm-hmm. controller was 3PO. Right. It it made it noises. It yeah. That was awesome, but yeah. like that's such a rare exception. And I, I would, I would kill for a Bloodborne PS4. Although
1: Bloodborne like never
3: sticking out the front. <laughs> yeah, sure. what noise
1: does it make? <laughs>
3: like those little nightmare monsters. That's Here's the, the thing that sucks, place. though. Yeah, but Bloodborne never got a pro patch, so it would be just rubbing it in fans' faces <laughs> if you made a, a pro version of that system. That's
0: pretty Bloodborne, though. Yeah, yeah. that's true. <laughs> Every time you put it to sleep, it says, Foul beast, away, away! foul beast! <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, well, if you do want one of these, again, it goes on sale August 24th. It will be out of stock on August 24th, so good luck being mm-hmm. on at the right time to buy it. Uh, I'm sure they will go very quickly. Again, the controller and headset will also be available.
0: We interrupt this program to bring you a brief message from Hims, a new wellness brand for men. Here's a not-so-fun fact. 66% of men lose their hair by age 35, and by the time you start to notice hair loss, it's usually too late. It's generally easier to keep the hair that you have than to replace the hair that you've lost, so why not do something about it? 4 is a one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, sexual wellness, and other stuff like that that might be embarrassing to deal with in person. Luckily with Hims, there's no waiting room, no awkward doctor's visits, and you can save plenty of time by just going to a website. Hims connects you with real doctors and gives you medical-grade solutions to treat hair loss and other, possibly embarrassing problems. And this isn't snake oil pills or gas station counter supplements either. These are well-known generic equivalents to name-brand prescriptions to help you keep your hair. Thanks to science, baldness can be optional. If this sounds like it would help you out, order now. Our listeners get a trial month of hymns for just five bucks today, right now, while supplies last. See the website for full details, but this would cost hundreds of dollars if you went to the doctor or to a pharmacy. So just go to fourhyms.com slash beyond. That's F O R H I M S dot com slash beyond. Once again, that's forhymns.com slash beyond. Thanks for listening, and now back to the show.
1: PlayStation also revealed four new dual colors as well, though, which I know people. Love different colored controllers. You can get berry blue, sunset orange, blue camo, and copper if you can't get the copper of this limited edition Pro. Do you guys plan on buying any of these different colors, or do do different colored controllers actually excite you? Like, do you see the need for them? I know some people love to collect all of them. Sure. For me, it's just I have the standard one. I'm really- sorry. You,
0: you actually you read the you read the official titles, but oh, the, the real titles are Booberry, uh, Goku, uh, 50 Cent's Pants, and... Uh, Copper.
3: Excuse me. Apologies. <laughs> you, kept, you kept copper, huh? Yeah. I
0: would have gone with pennies.
3: C-3PO pennies. The Statue of Liberty or something. I don't
0: think that's that's like a, a nice teal green.
3: That's algae, actually. Yeah? A lot of people don't know that about it's it.
1: This is actually a color debate show. Yeah. <laughs> it's a um, show.
3: I wish PlayStation would do what Xbox is doing. It's one of the few things that I think they're doing extraordinarily better than, than the competitors are in in this field, but to let us customize our controllers, um, and order them and, and deck out our own color schemes. Cause here, like the, some of the colors that they went with are so arbitrary that it feels like someone made custom controllers and then they shipped them. Like, they're just like, Oh, it's, um, like deep purple and, (laughs) and baby blue.
1: And if you love hush and highway star, well, deep purple is here for you.
2: Do you like the Mets? (laughs) <laughs> or the Broncos, really? Yeah, they've all here's, got Max's favorite two-tone color scheme. Yeah, too. I don't mind it as
0: much when it's actually two colors. When it's like one is like translucent oh, and the other gotcha. is just a solid <laughs> color. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, these are like I don't know. I tweeted out a photo of like the the orange one alongside Goku, and I was like, who wore it better? And then a bunch of people were like, it's actually uh, it's actually Fanta. It's Crash Bandicoot. It's like all these things. And you're like, <laughs> wow, there's a lot of orange and blue stuff together. Yeah. Uh, when it's and it's kind of it's kind of garish, honestly. Uh, it's weird. They almost never do green stuff, and I wonder yeah. if that's because mm. they don't want to step on xbox's turf but even going back to the ps3 era i remember being like oh i want to get like a cool like a nice neon green controller nope i <laughs> can like a you can get like pink ones i mean i might i could be wrong but like i d- definitely wasn't there was like a sort of a kind of an aqua teal mm-hmm. version but like i don't know i would love it if they were if there was a custom you know custom shop yeah because uh, as of tweeting yeah. that i was like this controller looks like goku somebody was like went on the xbox shop and made it and i even made it say dragon ball z <laughs> on
2: the body and I, was like, I was like,
0: all right, well. Never mind.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, but you
3: play Spider-Man with it? No, you didn't. No, I'm just
2: <laughs> I uh, I love, like I said, weird gaudy stuff, and I love weird color controllers and all that sort of thing, but I don't like literally any of the colors they announced. All four of these styles, I think, are just boring and bad, and I, I like the copper one only in the context of... Of this limited edition Mm -hmm. console where it's like, oh, you can have a copper controller to go along with, like, the little copper accents. That's nice. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I kind of just wish that—it's so funny to me that Xbox— you can make any combination you want. Nintendo, you can buy bootleg versions of any color you want, pretty much. And, like, swap
3: your own Joy-Cons yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: You can do that, or you can go to Etsy and buy, like, a million different combinations of things. But, yeah, PlayStation feels a little bit more limited in that sense. But there are there's a variety. It's just, like—
3: No, totally. You're you on to something. I've I, I actually been wanting to do a rundown on, on Up at Noon for a while of just sort of the best ways to customize your controller. Because mm. um, I know, like, Scuff Gaming and a couple other companies out there actually sell— Dual shock fours that are like totally kitted out in whatever colors you want them to be, uh. and they'll etch stuff into them and stuff like that. And, like, yeah, it's pricey, but honestly, like, that is. That's yeah. It's the kind of thing you hold on to for the whole your you know for the console's whole life. Hopefully, like I still have some of my launch DualShock fours, the ones that didn't get the weird uh, oh, yeah. trigger like the, the really, that was like happening. The really light ones. Yeah, because yeah. they didn't have the. Well, do you remember the thumb? The thumbsticks oh, okay. were decomposing early on sure. on those mm-hmm. things. Yeah. Um, and so, I don't know, I think to me it's an investment. It's like, you know, they're not cheap. So, spending good money on one and just having it as your controller for a long time, you're going to go on a lot of very magical, wonderful, personal adventures. I think I have, like yeah. the, I
0: have like the one new controller that came with my, my PS4 Pro and then the rest of them are all just, they have like the bare, the bare nub on the, on the left stick. Oh, just worn down. Just, yeah. Just came off and it's like, it's kind of gross. I use, I use, I use grip ones.
3: covers on my, on my thumbsticks anyway. Mm. I got them on Amazon. They have like little gecko hands on them. <laughs> Seems on brand. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Well, uh, whatever controller you may have or whatever PS4 you'll be playing on, hopefully one day you'll be able to play Cyberpunk 2077 on it. That was the best segue I could get someday, some Some year. Yeah, some year in the distant future. (laughs) So we got new Cyberpunk 2077 screenshots and concept art. We revealed a bunch of concept art on the IGN Gamescom live stream. So you can watch that and see those online. Uh, Tom, you dutifully made sure we covered it in full oh, yeah. on the site today. So I want to talk a bit about, one, the new look at the game. I want to also check, have you guys all seen the demo at E3, the gameplay? Or no. No. I was you were not, not at there, E3. So you did not. We did, you, though. You guys yeah. did. Yeah. yeah. So at the show again, Gamescom, they're not showing footage again. Publicly, part, publicly, they have
2: a me, new. Yes. Do they have a? It's it, a different it's angle an of the updated demo. Okay. I think they said. I think it's similar, but not exactly the same. Yeah. And they're also letting people go through it. in In our demo, everyone was going through it as a female main character, and now they're letting, like whoever is watching huh. the demo choose. That's much. cool.
0: That's yeah. kind of showing that it's not just totally on rails and that it does sort of yeah. in fact work. But again, they're not putting it out there into the
2: world for yeah. anyone to actually see.
1: Yeah. So why don't you think we've seen gameplay yet? Tom, I know you have sort of a theory about it. Well,
2: that. yeah, I, I had a theory that we talked about briefly before this that I think it's partly due to the fact that what happened with The Witcher 3's launch. Because The Witcher 3 came out, and all anybody on the internet was talking about for the week after The Witcher 3 came out was how ugly of a game it was, how much of a visual downgrade it was from E3 demos in Mm -hmm. years past. And there were literally forum threads and tons of things of people picking apart, like... Like, going into detailed, like, uh, E3 demos and being like, there's a bush right here, but right. in the main game, there's no bush right there. Or this crack in a wall, that's not as detailed in the main game. And it's like, yeah, they had to change things, but games change. Like, that's what happens. You, they show demos two years before it came out, it, and of course the game's going to change. It sucks when that
3: becomes the conversation, especially because in retrospect, nobody nobody remembers The Witcher 3 as an ugly video yeah. game. Yeah,
2: who would say that nowadays? If, if somebody, If somebody was saying the things that were people were saying about the way The Witcher looks, like yeah. the week of launch, now, they'd be like laughed out of Reddit. They, would, yeah. People yeah. would be no, totally. not well, even take them seriously.
0: What's so funny is if you played that, like, I don't know if you got like the, the game at disc and didn't, pa- like on disc when it first came out, didn't patch it, and put that in now, it might look like it's aged a little bit, mm-hmm. but if you have an up-to-date version and you're, I don't know, if you've got playing a PS4 Pro or whatever, like, I popped it in. I think I just automatically applied the PS4 pro stuff Yeah, and they, they patched it after launch to fix the graphical stuff. And then they were like, here we, we tweak that. And then if you, if you upgrade your hardware, the game upgrades itself without even telling you. So like it, It still looks pretty. And that's because they've basically been retconning the visuals of it. They've been going back and patching it repeatedly. I
2: mean, to this this is an image that I I brought up, I sent to Andres just to show. This image was spread around on the internet more than any other image I saw. And it's literally people breaking down specific things in a demo from 2014 compared to a promotional screenshot in 2015. And being like, this asset looks, look, it literally says completely misleading asset. Edge looks horrible. And it's like. That edge doesn't look horrible. Like, what are you talking about? So I think one of the reasons that this cyberpunk might be wary, uh, more wary than usual, and CD Project might be holding back their cards for a mm-hmm. little longer is because they don't want this to happen well, to the demo we saw.
3: To be to be fair, and to play devil's advocate to all of this, um, and to be a little pro-consumer here, um, there's a lot of horse. Buffoonery that goes on oh, yeah. at yeah. E3 every year. There like, is. Where people go in and rush to pre-order games and then they get a version of it that looks completely different than the one they got. Or they uh, kickstart a game that doesn't look like the one they got, or the version they kickstarted gets canceled. There's a lot of stuff where people are sort of just like, Do you is this what I'm buying? Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And then there's a lot of there's a lot of incentives to pre-order. There's a lot of reasons to put your money in early. And so I I understand. I understand when when there's consumer backlash against something like I mean, the watchdog thing, Ubisoft notoriously I think gets a lot from 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 fans because they have kind of put the cart before the horse a lot of times and said, like, this is what our game looks like and then it ships and it looks a little different. Well, yeah. And that um, was even
1: a year where they couldn't say what consoles it was on. Yes. They weren't allowed to say the what the new next generation right. consoles right. was. And was we are
3: we are rapidly careening towards that era in this generation right now, where when we see for death stranding and they say it's running on a pro, Mm -hmm. we're like, okay, cool. But this is a vertical slice of a game. You got it running right here. I don't know where the seams are, where this world stops and the next area begins and ends. We don't know if that's going to be, um, a sort of breath of the wildy type game that bridges two console generations, or if that's something that will get bumped to the PlayStation five
0: or whatever it is. Um,
3: so it's tough to say, you know,
0: other thing to keep in mind is that there was a pretty big break between when uh, CD Projekt first did their behind closed doors for The Witcher Three and when they showed off gameplay to the public. Uh, yeah. Even the stuff that got picked apart, uh, there was a there was a they, they let it kind of uh, incubate for a while. Uh, like I went to a—I I I'm I tried to look it up a second ago. I'm not sure when exactly they first showed off gameplay. I think there was a year break. I could be wrong, uh, but they definitely, they did the BCD stuff. They were like, hey, uh, you know, press, come in and talk about it. And there's a video that I did. I remember this. This was in 2013 where I'm just standing by a Witcher 3 sign and I'm like, yeah, the gameplay was really cool. It was really great. they was a, <laughs> a, felt like a, a and The Witchers. Geralt's great. There's books, you know, and then, <laughs> Time, you know, time went by and then they actually we had the gameplay to talk about. And I can't remember if they did the behind closed door behind closed doors at E3 and then had gameplay at Gamescom or if there was a full year mm. and they didn't show it in action until E3 2014. And I believe I believe it was E3 2014, but I could be entirely wrong here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, the point is that I think they, they understand how the Internet works and how kind of you how you build hype. It's the same kind of school of thought that Rockstar has where um, less is more. <coughs> And if you do the Ubisoft approach where you're like, here's our brand new game, this is running on optimal settings and it's also final, you know, final results may vary. Uh, You get people very excited. And then if you do kind of, if you keep dropping more and more info about it, like Watch Dogs, for instance, by the time the first Watch Dogs came out, I didn't care. Because we've been covering it for like two years at that point, right? Yeah. Right. Uh, I think with this,
3: it's it's interesting because we've seen we've seen it in motion as a as a cinematic trailer, but the average gamer has not seen gameplay. Yeah.
0: Um. This, I mean, the they three were, they were mad that the gameplay trailer that we saw was not indicative of the final product. It wasn't even it wasn't even fake first person. The fact that this is a first person game, right, and The trailer right. looks like GTA Five. Of course, of course. Yeah. I mean, because and and again, I don't blame them because I
3: think it's it's a very like, you know the history of video game industry journalism up until like 2005 to take a select group of super people and put them behind closed doors and have them come out and describe things in the same way insane people describe dreams <laughs> and, and have the, them the, go the, like, and a there was game. I, fought a, I fought a witch and there was a horse and people were like, oh yeah, I think I'll,
2: I, I think I'll buy that. I that you, you said so, that. That's how that demo felt.
3: That, yeah, yeah, because yeah. yeah, it's a bunch of people standing <laughs> in front of a sign and that's why somebody went in there and bootlegged the The audio of this presentation just to give people anything. And then they had to shut it down. They got their access revoked, uh, justifiably because they signed NDAs and such. But I I think it's a, I don't know if it's the right approach. I don't know if it's the wrong approach. It's an interesting approach. It's obviously divisive and it's obviously, um, taking a lot of people in the audience and removing them from something that they are dying to interact with. And so, getting three screenshots is nice in lieu of all that, but it's not enough for the general populace. And also, I wasn't at E3, so I, you guys could all be liars. <laughs> there were four screenshots, sir. Okay, well, that changed.
2: So and concert art. <laughs> and it's interesting, because some of the screenshots, like the one we're seeing now, uh, if you're watching the podcast, uh, that's Jackie Wells in the chair. Um, and three of these screenshots actually show Jackie Wells, which is a character that we saw and interacted with a lot in that BCD demo. Uh, one of the screenshots that they show here is actually actually literally a moment we saw in action at the E3 BCD demo. Cool. Um, So these aren't, like some of them are- Is that the the first person one you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's one with like a gun and all these people with red eyes. That one is very, very much- like we saw that happen.
0: That is of, of what we've seen so far, that is the most indicative of what this game actually looks like in action. Yes,
2: it is. It really is. And that's that's this this shot right here. It's actually like that's a cutscene, or not oh, like yeah. you know, it's like a dialogue type cutscene. Right. Kind of like Far Cry style cutscenes. But it's in um, engine. But this is this is what we like this mm-hmm. is looks exactly like what we saw. So this like, is if the you're closest. This,
3: yeah, this is the closest we'll get to actually understanding what this game will look like when you're playing it.
2: Yes. Yes. That's awesome. In the middle of a cutscene, this is the game. Mm-hmm. Um it, it just is like, this is mm-hmm. what it looks like. So I think people are craving that and I don't blame them. I want people to see it too. But the other mm-hmm. part of this, I think also is like CD project said, I think during E3 that like the dialogue that we heard wasn't done. A mm-hmm. lot of the voiceovers were placeholder. A lot of the stuff they were thinking of revisiting, especially after they got some pretty harsh criticism from people mm-hmm. about some of that dialogue being pretty uninspired sounding and yeah. Cliche. Gotta, but
3: like our, our E3 awards are done. Those are printed and handed out. Right. Right. So, I mean, I find that, I find that interesting you know right well
2: that's just what I mean is like it's another reason why they don't want to put it out because I think it's another point of comparison that people can make and go this is different Mm -hmm. um There are, there was, I can't remember what game it was. There was a game that they changed the, vo- oh, it was Pit People, the Behemoth game. Right. They changed one of the voices of one of the characters from every mm-hmm. demo they'd been showing at PAX for years. And then the final game came out and they had a different voice actor for it. And people were like upset. Like people liked <laughs> the old voice actor more. Right. I, I think, I think a lot of this is like what you were saying. It's managing expectations and it's trying to keep people like keep the hype train going while also not giving out enough that people can then be like, this isn't what I was yeah. wanting. Con- controlling I, the narrative I, enough. Yeah, too.
0: yeah, yeah. I think that there is sort of an acceptable amount of uh, stupid backlash that they're willing to tolerate. Uh, right. And I do not think that they are holding this game back on the basis that they're worried about what the public thinks of it. <laughs> I think that their track record speaks for itself. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think this game is anywhere close to release. I think they said there's going to come out like did,
1: 2077.
0: Okay, <laughs> uh, no, but I think they said in it was it was going to be like in some earnings call or something that they were saying it was going to be in the first half of 2019. Uh, I don't, I don't know. First yeah. half of 2019
2: sounds massively optimistic, yeah, me,
0: but yeah, then again, they could have, they could be keeping it in the oven longer and kind of you know, pulling a, a rock star type of thing and, and really yeah. holding off on that release date until it is ready to go. Yeah. Uh, but honestly, yeah, I don't know. I think that if you look at how their games ca- have come out, um, the jump from Witcher 1 to Witcher 2 is staggering and ambitious. And the jump from Witcher 2 to Witcher 3 is exponential. And if they're <coughs> following that same kind of path where they're taking the money that they earned from their previous successes and pouring it back into making something new, mm-hmm. then this game, uh, yeah, this might be a 2020 game. Who well, knows? Also,
3: like, what how, what is the perfect way to pitch, uh, sell, and release a video game? Nobody fucking knows. Nobody knows because sometimes it's, um, Hey, we kept this game a secret forever and it's out right now. Yeah. Yeah. With other games, it's like, Oh, uh, it's been at 16 E3s and everyone's tired of it. (laughs) With other games, it's like, it's gone through all these different changes, but, um, we're releasing a fraction of it and then that'll change in over time. Uh, people are pretty upset with the battlefield five stuff right now because it's, It's effectively releasing with such a limited scope, based on the amount of people that were actually in that war, and so it's it's all narrowed in. And like, what are you buying, and what what are you selling, people? Like, when when you're at E3, like, how 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 much do you show beforehand? You know, Shenmue got a release date today for a year from this week, basically. Mm -hmm. That's that's and was revealed as a Kickstarter game what two or three E3s ago. Mm -hmm. Like, I think there's there's no there's no right way to really uh, there's no perfect way to sort of tell people you're making a video game, sell your video game to the public. So they pre-order it and then put it on shelves and then, and ship it. And then is it done then?
1: I like, think,
0: I think how they right now, CD project red is sort of existing in a space between rockstar and Bethesda. Yes. In that they are really good at controlling their, their expectations and messaging and really just, and just, you know, like they put up a tweet on the, uh, the, the cyberpunk Twitter that was like beep. And everyone yep. was like, Oh, that thing's on. They're going to talk about the city 3. We're going to see where you see gameplay. And I was yeah. like,
1: well, kind of sorta, of, not really. Mm-hmm. Tom and I had talked about that when that tweet went out. We wrote a story about it because for most games, we're not going to write a story that an account tweeted a single word, but this is that sort of game. Yeah. Were just it wasn't even a word. Yeah, it was a noise. Because yeah. Yeah. people are so desperate I mean, to know something. Yeah, they're saying, yeah.
0: "Yes, this thing is on." So if they showed up in, I don't know, in the middle of January, kind of after after, you know, Red Dead is out there, after all the holiday buzz has kind of come to a, come to a, let the dust settle, uh if they came out and they were like, Hey, uh we're doing a live stream in 2 weeks. Everyone would line up chairs and get ready and you know sit down yeah. with popcorn and if they came out they're like, here's gameplay. This game comes out this fall. <coughs> Boom, that's it, right. you know? They get in front of E3, they control yeah. the messaging and mm-hmm. I don't know if they would ever do that, if I, they were going to still stick with, you know, E3 announcements, but yeah,
2: I think part of why we haven't seen gameplay also though yet is because they like they they want to they want to hold their cards close to their chest, but also it's just a matter of, like, I, oh, my God, my brain has completely just fell apart, and I don't remember what I was going to say, so we can move on from me. You should get some augmentations. Well, 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 so yeah, I got, should. Yeah. No,
3: I was going to say real quick, there's no, there's no, um, like, Hall H- For for video games, really, Mm. like where they where they're just like you know here's two minutes of Aquaman that you can't film. Mm -hmm. Um, Like there's E3 and that's for press. Um, But there's no because the thing is, I would love for them to show the public what they showed you guys, so I could see it too. But if there was a way it just dissolved, so we couldn't screen cap the shit out of it and compare it to whatever they have coming up next, then we'd all get to experience that fever dream and tell our (laughs) friends.
2: Wait, my brain came back. They want to keep their cards (laughs) close to their chest, but uh, this is a thing that we've been talking about for six years and I think that there's this expectation that we're going to see gameplay because we've been waiting for it for so long Mm -hmm. and that's the that was one of the differences in my mind compared to a lot of other games and this is a totally like unfounded expectation yeah, of no, ours, no, right? No, like, it's like, based no on how would, we uh,
1: understand
0: how other games
2: are pitched exactly, and marketed. We've been waiting
0: for Red Dead 2 for, what, eight years? Mm-hmm. Right. And that, We saw gameplay for that, like, three weeks ago.
2: Right, but <laughs> even then, every time they release a cinematic trailer, everyone was like, where's the gameplay? So, yeah. I, I think I think there's this expectation like, the longer we've heard about a game being in development, the more we expect it to just be done and ready to show, and, like, I just don't think that's the case. They right, yeah, right, want right. to keep playing it close, even though mm-hmm. the expectation isn't quite there. Yeah. Really glad I remembered that thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll, we'll see what the reality <laughs> Hold on, of- wait. I got a
0: perfect oh. segue for you. Ooh. Let me set this up. There's a, there's a scene from The Simpsons, and I feel like this is a perfect sort of allegory for how CD Projekt Red handles, uh, sort of handles their announcements. Mm-hmm. And it's the one where there's the, I think it's the fleet of PETA, and there's the mob war, and Fat Tony gets in a huge fight with a bunch of Japanese mafia members, otherwise known as the Yakuza, and Homer's like, you know, wants to watch this huge fight go down and Marge's like, come inside. And, then she, and he's like, no, but there's that one little guy, and he's standing there, and you know that when he does something, it's going to be really cool and then he goes inside and you hear like, wah, and then someone flies through a window. That little guy is CD Projekt Red. If they, if they stay incredibly quiet, you know they're going to do something cool, and eventually they will. Anyway, and
1: speaking of the Yakuza on The Simpsons, Kingdom Hearts 3 is only a few months away. Uh, no, Max, I would never do that to you. Yakuza Kiwami 2 comes out August 28th. Yeah, uh, 27, 28, something like yeah, that. Yeah, somewhere in there. Um, You've played a bit of it.
0: Yeah, I got a chance to uh, to jump on that, uh, and uh, I played, I think it's like the first, the first four chapters is what I'm allowed to talk about. It's always weird when it's uh, a rebuild of a game, and you can go on Wikipedia and find out every little story beat that possibly happens, but still you can't talk about certain things. So I want to speak kind of uh, vaguely. Uh, obviously a lot of people are hearing more more about Yakuza if they listen to this show where I don't shut up about it. Um, and there's a big question of like, how do you get into it? Where do you start? And there's weirdly enough kind of a debate right now about what the best starting point is. Uh, a lot of people recommend Yakuza zero, which is chronologically the first game in the series. It is a prequel that came out, I think, Three or four years ago, I think it was a late PS PS3 game that got ported to PS4. It is an excellent introduction to the series, but it's also a much bigger game, mm. uh, and it's it's also like very. It is it is it's a prequel. Um, it's, well, it's kind of the same.
1: And we were talking a bit about how, yeah, like you, it's better to play the game when you have expectations and know who some of these characters are and have a little bit of knowledge.
0: Yeah, so this was actually the first game that I played in the series. It is a phenomenal game. It is fantastic. I really, really recommend it. But because it's a prequel, you can always go back to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of the same way, you know, the argument of like, where do you start with uh, with Star Wars? Do you start with episode one or do you start with episode four? Don't start with uh, episode one. Yeah, exactly. Uh, however, if they released, I don't know, like, a, I don't, like some sort of an HD special edition of episode four, that would be pretty cool. <laughs> and in the case of Yakuza, that's what Kiwami is. Kiwami is a uh, ground-up rebuild of the original uh, Yakuza 1, uh, which is a much tighter story. And it introduces you to all the characters. And uh, it, it um, you know, has a bunch of characters who do appear in Zero because that's chronologically earlier. And the good news is the sequel to that comes out very soon. What? So I highly recommend, if you're curious about Yakuza, and some people will debate me on this because they <laughs> think it should be played chronologically... I think start with Kiwami, mm-hmm. and then you immediately get to jump into Kiwami Two, uh, and Kiwami Two is actually running in the engine that they rebuilt for, or they they made for PS4, which is the one that Six was running in. Six is sort of the end of the series, so that's not really. It's cool. It's a fun game. It's really good. But go back to that one when you've played at least at least three of the other ones. At least two. I don't know. Um, this is like
3: where I'm always I'm always very hesitant or confused or sort of intimidated by this franchise um and you're my best friend and I should jump into these games because I, I love goofy open world stuff and I love Japan and this looks like a blast and I trust your sensibilities in video games but I'm I'm always constantly confused it feels like there's a new one of these games every three months at this point
0: they're you're getting <laughs> there yeah they, they've been putting out two a year for the past I don't know two so years so yeah. should I start here Start with kuwami One. Kuwami okay. is again; it's the remake of Yakuza One. It's a because it's the first game or the first story. It's it's pretty tight, like mm-hmm. it's fairly streamlined. And I've I was you know talking to some people on Twitter about this because I was basically like, "Hey, Kuami Two is awesome. You got two weeks to play through Yakuza One, which is a, a a much sort of shorter game uh, compared, especially to Zero, which is huge and sprawling. Um, but like, it's uh, it's it's your introduction. It's and, and apparently the first the first like three games people were saying are like fairly. Uh, fairly, like, fast-paced and tight, uh, and then as you kind of get later on in the series, it starts to kind of linger a lot more, and it's a little bit less about, like, over-the-top action stuff. There's still plenty of over-the-top action, but it's it has a lot, like, uh, a lot meatier cutscenes, and it's... Honestly, there's a there's a fair comparison to sort of the Metal Gear series here, where especially now that you've got like a prequel floating around in there, right. and it's, <laughs> there's a lot of cutscenes and there's a lot of like, uh, you know, a lot of uh, double crossing and and twists and turns and things like that. Uh, but the thing I highly recommend about these games is it's all of the the bizarre personality that exists in the margins. Uh, and you'll you know I, I feel like some people are gravitate towards the 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 kind of the big, <laughs> the big sort of operatic. Uh, and this is a. So we're we're video roll using this a Playboy bunny video version yeah uh yeah no it's it's more the fact that you can I don't know. You 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 beat the crap out of dudes using a bicycle as a weapon all the time. That's like a constant thing. Uh, (laughs) It's it's like there's if you're if you're worried about like ludonarrative dissonance, uh, stay away because these (laughs) games are just silly as all hell. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then when they have moments of heart, you're like, yes, I re this actually. Oh, I, I played this ironically, but now I genuinely love it. You know, and it's at this point where it's
1: the fast and
2: furious of games.
0: It's it's something like that. You know, it's it's very it's very anime. Mm-hmm. So spe- uh,
2: speaking of similar to Fast and the Furious, how many of their um, how many Yakuza games <laughs> oh <boy>. are there? <laughs> so there's in toto.
0: Okay, there's <laughs> Yakuza Zero, mm-hmm. and then Yakuza One through Six, okay. which is sort of that's seven right there. Seven. If you're counting the Kiwami games, which are remakes currently of One and I Two, would, I would. Okay, that's two more games. We're at nine. There's Dead Souls, I think, which is a zombie spinoff. There's I believe two samurai ones. <laughs> 12 uh and then there's uh there's there's a i think an online one that's coming up and then there's there's shin yakuza something there's another one in the works and there's also i think there was a psp one you know that seinfeld where he just goes like this and gets up and walks (laughs) yeah the moral of the story is grab grab yakuza kwami it's 20 bucks it's a remake of a classic playstation 2 game it's on ps4 it's on ps4 it's it's a modern game it's got all sorts of quality of life improvements and if you like that jump on kiwami 2 because it's the continuation of that story in a brand new engine with all sorts of bells and whistles and you get a hot water kettle as a weapon which causes like i think steam damage or something you
2: you had me at bicycle yeah honestly you don't have to sell me on the kettle now i just love i love these games
0: so much i just want i want more people to play them so that we can all have a good time together stop being so and confusing
3: maybe we <laughs> will. That's what I'm trying to say. Just
0: play, play one. Play, play Kiwami. I will, I will.
3: I think I have it on my PS4. I it's, was just afraid to start. Yeah. So you're saying
1: like, confusing to the guy who's talking about Metal Gear and Yakuza and then the guy who talks about Kingdom Hearts all the time. Yes. So not, for us, it's not too confusing. <laughs> yes.
0: No, there's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of sort of pomp and, and sort of bells and whistles story-wise, but then when you get into the, the meat of it, you're like, Oh, this is just a guy who's trying to do right and he's trying to kick some ass and he's going to use this huge parking cone as a weapon to (laughs) wail on these dudes in
1: the middle of the street. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, well, so take K- that. Kiwami 2, you've been enjoying what you've played so far. Uh, yeah, too, it's, it's you know.
0: takes, uh, I mean, it, it's a very kind of, you know, iterative series, and uh, one of my big complaints about 6 was that it's like, it looked gorgeous, it was it was cool, it was kind of like a, uh, it, was, it felt like it leaned more heavily on story, and mechanically it felt kind of lean compared, especially mm-hmm. to uh, Kiwami and, and Zero, uh, and clearly they took some of that criticism as feedback, and they've added a ton of new sort of, uh, Just mechanics and feet like there's a whole there wasn't like a weapon inventory in six, which kind of sucked like you could just then that was a huge thing in in other games. And now you can carry around like all sorts of silly weapons with you. Um, And there's I mean, you can play the entirety of Virtua Fighter in it. You know, there's always there's always (laughs) silly mini games and things like that. But uh, in this case, they're they all look gorgeous. Uh, And like the first Kiwami is again, it's sort of an up res of a a PS3 game. Uh, And this is from the ground up a PS4 game. Uh, so I, I very much, I very much recommend it. And it's just, it's just, I don't know. It feels good. It's fun as hell to play. Just beat up some dudes. Uh, and the story is, um, not too hard to follow. Yeah. <laughs>
1: So that's yeah. good to hear. Uh, yeah, every time you've talked about it, especially Kiwami, uh, I really have been meaning to jump into this franchise. And now that Kiwami and Kiwami 2 are out, essentially, I feel after this fall rush, it's like a good time. to think.
0: Yeah, too. and I mean, once you like once they, you kind of get in, into one, I've totally seen a lot nailed, of people just get hooked. You totally nailed the Japanese convenience store look, by the way. <laughs> yeah, and you it just It was saw, like one uh, of
3: those a block from my hotel last year, and I went there every morning, and that's that's it.
0: yeah. No, the, the attention to detail in these is like is crazy, and I'm I'm going to Tokyo in October, and I'm probably gonna wear my gray suit and take some dumbass pictures in front of things.
2: I really love that. We just were watching a video of a man getting curb stomped epically. And Brian's like, man, that convenience store looked dead on.
0: <laughs> I'm
3: completely desensitized to violence.
0: Yeah. In video game that's the really that. funny thing about, about Yakuza is like, you'll do like the most violent, like takedowns. And then in the next shot, there'll be like, the guy will be like lying on the ground. He's like, I'm sorry. And you're like, I just stabbed you to death. What are you, what are you doing? It's, I mean, it's definitely got some like um, River City Ransom and Streets of Rage in its DNA, mm-hmm. uh, and then a lot of silly mini games.
3: and I love those. Too. Are two of
1: my favorite classic games. Hell yeah! Awesome. Well, if you're also looking for something else to play pretty soon on PlayStation VR, uh, Max and I played Firewall Zero Hour for a few hours. Yeah, That's a lot of hours. I Firewall also- Zero Hour. hour. Not, is, a great, not a, a great, not a great name at roller all. Rollercoaster of vowels. Not yeah. related to Horizon Zero Dawn, as as we
0: know. It's kind of a, a you know a tactical word salad. I feel like, yeah. but. Uh, wouldn't
2: that, wouldn't that be weird if that's what tied the Horizon Zero Dawn series games together is the second word was always zero? Yeah. And then the other two words were just like completely different. I mean, mm-hmm. this, this game could be set in the past of Horizon Zero Dawn. I mean, all game, or all modern games are, yeah. right? Sure. Yakuza, Yakuza is in the past of Horizon technically, Zero Dawn. Yeah. Now,
3: Firewall Zero Hour is a remake of Yakuza 5, right? <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, no, kidding. of Kiwami 4. No, so you guys played this yeah. game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So...
0: I actually played this at uh, at PSX and I thought it was really cool. It's it is a uh it is a pretty kind of meat and potatoes uh VR shooter for whatever that's worth because no one's really found the perfect balance for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a multiplayer. I mean, you can play it you can play it kind of single player or cooperatively, but it is it is meant to be played uh multiplayer against real people. Uh, and it's it's definitely got some uh it's got some some Rainbow Six in it, it's got some GoldenEye in it. Uh, but it's I would say a little bit more laser tag than it is like hardcore tactical stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: I could see like playing with four friends on a team is obviously the best way I think to play this game. And it did sort of evoke, even as we were playing, it was you and I, and then a few other people from different outlets uh, playing together. Obviously we didn't know them as much as we know each other Mm -hmm. very personally. We
0: also were on opposing teams. That didn't help, but I could hear
1: you outside of my headphones. I knew what you guys were up to. I used that (laughs) for our advantage. Uh, No, I did really love the idea though, that you really do need to communicate. Yeah in order to succeed well
0: uh, no, this is, yeah, this is a game about teamwork. Uh, I would say that the fact that there is as much of a learning curve as there is, is an indication of how deep of a game it is. Yeah. Uh, it's, I mean, the idea is, is pretty simple. It's it's 4v4, and there are attackers and defenders. Uh, the attackers have to go in and, like, locate a laptop, which is in a sort of random location, uh, and, you know, that requires sort of, like, hacking a node or, or finding uh, data, first of all, and then uh, kind of encroaching on that on that location, and then you have to sort of guard this this device while it's you know uploading data or whatever it is and you know the defending team is trying to shoot you in the in the face while it's happening Uh, and there are all sorts of different loadouts you can have there's a ton of there's a ton of customization Uh, all the guns have like you know, you can have like different barrel attachments and uh, silencers and uh, muzzle suppressors and, uh, you know, grips and stocks and- uh, Down to
1: trinkets on yeah, the and stuff Yeah, like down that.
0: to yeah. having like a, a like a, a California flag dongle on the side of your, <laughs> you know, your FAMAS with a <laughs> with a grenade launcher on the barrel, a thing that would never be legal in California <laughs> in a million years. Um, but there's also like there's cool touches like there is a revive gun, which uh was a really I thought it was a really interesting mechanic where if you're if your buddy's down and he's around a corner from you and you just you pop out and uh you know wake him up if he's <laughs> what Sounds are you shooting with? Like I don't it's probably like uh you shoot him with friendship oh yeah. it's a little friendship bullet that's sweet um, the obvious. bullet
2: pops out and just pats him on the back and he's like you're gonna be okay to how do the how do the
0: controls feel uh incredibly like incredibly intuitive like wow. you just, Yeah. It's, that's that's what's probably the most uh. And you're okay. pa- playing with the aim controller? We are yes. playing with the aim
1: controller. So it, it, sorry. Go it, can ahead. A, it can be played with
0: It can be played with it with a DualShock 4. Though. Yeah. Okay, cool.
1: So if you if you're noticing the footage if you're watching the video version, there's a little bit of sort of choppiness as I'm turning this is my gameplay and the reason for that is sort of I'm clicking what is the right stick to accelerate the turning but you have pretty much like that 180 sort of degree motion of turning your head so you can be looking around corners it's really smartly accurate in terms of we were playing with someone and they held their gun out far from their body and it worked within the ge- world of the game so they could shoot around a corner blind and wow. still be in cover Th- They're smart. that's covers.
3: super cool because that's the kind of stuff that most conventional first-person shooters don't allow you to do from like your mm-hmm. own perspective it's, yeah. it's trickier to, to make that work
0: yeah I mean this is a game that very much acknowledges the fact that your your gun and your head are, are separate entities yeah which is sort of flies in the face of uh first person shooter design since for decades since its yeah. origination yeah I mean, that's, that's uh,
2: also the a thing that a lot of vr shooters have done with like dual wielding weapons yeah. like actually means something in vr because mm-hmm. you can point in different directions which you can't do in a video game yeah hey, had, you
3: could do that in the hit game red steel
0: available in <laughs>
1: nintendo wii this does <laughs> not stand, have dual wielding corrected
2: <laughs>
0: Uh no actually I actually really couldn't. I, I had a moment. What's interesting is uh the way it's laid out obviously because movement is movement is is probably the slowest part of this which mm. is smart because it forces you to be a little bit more cautious. Right. Uh, and this is, you know, this is a it's a tough game. It's it's you know, you're going to get shot in the face. Uh but you know, you're not it's it's not <laughs> like it's not Call of Duty. You're not going to be sprinting and wall running and jumping all over the place. You're kind of going to be making your way down hallways and looking for cover and thinking ahead a little bit. Um but because of kind of that that slower movement, it's fairly it's fairly flat with a few exceptions. We played one level that was on a um, or one mission that was on a like a, a cargo ship, and we had this incredible showdown where oh, yeah. uh, there were a bunch of like shipping containers, and the I think it was the defending team were on top of them, and I was like crouched down reloading directly below, and I was like firing over my head, like I was doing the thing where I had the aim controller like over like just pointing it in the, in the air and trying to shoot at them and then and like lobbing grenades up kind of over like literally over my shoulder to try to like hit them uh and it was i mean it was intense people complain a lot about sort of PlayStation VR being the i don't know the least the least accurate of of VR hardware that's out there but i there was a lot in here where i it didn't distract me at all like yeah. it was and it was it was also uh i've got a pretty good stomach for it uh, and I did not, I, we played for like, what, like an hour and a half? At least. Yeah. Yeah. I, were you, and you didn't get nauseous Stid or, or No,
1: we were standing. Okay. There wow. was,
0: there was one point where I think I sprinted downstairs and I got like a momentary little sort of hiccup of butterflies in my stomach. <laughs> but other than that, like it was totally fine. I took the thing off and I was like, man, the rest of my day is going to be pretty boring uh (laughs) yeah i had
1: the initial (laughs) moment when we first started playing where i was woozy for a second but it became so intuitive if you're watching right now we're in an office setup of this map and there was a point in this match where i was the only person left alive on the team and i snuck into a room that had doors on both sides but in order to properly see both i essentially kept my gun pointed at one and kept turning my head as i inched toward the other Mm -hmm. while looking to make sure you can cover and there's there's enough variation in that movement and the freedom it gives you to really make some super tense matches like the I felt the tension of this game so much mm-hmm. while playing I adored that.
0: And it's uh, it sounds like they really they plan on having kind of like long long tail support on this. Uh, they had obviously a ton of customization options but they were like oh we're going to add stuff yeah. as DLC, you know, I don't know if that's going to be paid or what. Uh, but as far as like you know, we see a lot of we see a lot of like weird ports of of uh, you know, Steam VR games that pop up on on mm-hmm. PlayStation Store. This is definitely like a you know, first party triple a PlayStation VR tactical shooter. And it's like, it
2: seems pretty legit right now. And even that's on awesome. PC, and even on PC and other VR systems, you don't, I don't think you get, I I don't know if I can think of another first person shooter competitive first person shooter. Mm-hmm. Mostly you get these PVE games. You get games that are, uh, you know, you and th- two to three other people right. going through a linear level together. Uh, I think there are maybe more of them coming, but this is—it's really interesting to hear that this worked as well as it did because I feel like it is fertile ground for VR. Yeah. We yeah. also
3: we got the story last week that PSVR sold three million units, which makes right. it, I believe, the most popular of the VR kits. Um, sure. Also, because the other guys haven't really reported numbers as mm. specifically, yeah. Um, so that's good for
0: user base which obviously you'll need for a game like we this. got we got some uh, some flack for seeming to scoff at that or sound like that's not promising well and, I mean uh, to, to be fair the the
3: Wii U sold 13 million units and was largely deemed a failure and this is this is a hat a, yeah well it's effectively an accessory mm-hmm. to to a A very popular console.
1: For a a console that sold over $70 Yeah. So there obviously is that disparity, but I think a game like this, I do hope more people pick it up. It comes out later in August with a VR headset if they're on sale for Mm -hmm. the holidays and everything, because this is a game that I really adored playing, but I think you need to have people playing with you. Yeah, I
0: completely agree. If you've got pals on on VR, that's that's a very good thing. Uh, If you have the aim controller, definitely look into this. I wonder if they'll do a demo.
1: My, my hope is they should.
0: I they think they should. definitely should. Yeah, that would be really smart.
1: Put out one map that you can play on. I think it'd be great. They mm. did recently just put out. Uh, Ubisoft has a VR game that I played at E3 last year called Transference. Is that, that
3: the Elijah played. Wood game? Yes, yeah. that's the one
1: he's producing. And they're right.
3: putting out a demo for that. right?
1: That they, yeah, they're putting out a demo for that. So they're not averse to that. I do hope they put out mm. something. No, I
3: think I think demos are brilliant. Yeah. yeah, that's that is the best way to sell people on stuff with that game with, with that platform because it's again like yeah. watching trailers just make it look like a slightly jankier first person shooter but once (laughs) you're actually playing it yeah yeah once you're actually playing it, it's a different story entirely.
1: Yeah, I think I had seen the first initial announcement trailers and everything of Firewall and was like, oh, it looks like a shooter. Mm-hmm. I probably won't play it. And then right. having it in my hands for an hour and a half, I was like, oh man, I really need to find three friends who have PSVRs. So mm-hmm. uh,
0: worth this. noting, though, there is, got, there, is, right here. there is a single Ooh. player single Sorry. player mode, um, which is I think they just call it training. Yeah. Um, and you can play it by yourself or cooperatively with friends. Uh, the way we played it, because they'd unlocked everything. All of our characters were like level 50. Level. So the AI was level 52. So we got <laughs> To do, like, a nice VR reenactment of, like, I don't know, the the Winter Soldier if it had, like, a, a bad ending or something. Like, it was just it was Jason Bourne's worst nightmare. It was, like, 37 SWAT team guys just coming into a kitchen and immediately killing us. There was
2: one we're mission. Like, uh.
1: We lasted, I think, 30 seconds on that back. Oh, my God. Yeah, it, was, it, was it was John pretty, Wick,
2: yeah. but, like, they were John Wick. Yes, yeah. John Wack. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking There's
0: of- A new parody coming soon from- <laughs> <laughs> Asylum Films. Yeah. Oh boy.
2: As
3: part the of Day the Earth Stopped.
1: <laughs> Transmarfers. I hate all those titles. As part of the 3 million units sold announcement, uh, they're also right on the cusp of essentially 22 million VR games sold. They also confirmed... It,
3: again, great attach rate. We've talked about this in the past. That's it's really good.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That clearly shows that obviously the number of people who have bought PSVR compared to people who have PlayStation 4s is not massive, but the people who have PSVR clearly care about the VR experience. Yeah. And... Coming later this fall, they also confirmed sort of release dates and just uh, reaffirmed that these games are coming. Creed Rise to Glory, which is based on not the band, but the movie Creed. Yeah. And which I can't wait for
2: much better Creed. Heard really good things about that too at E3. The
1: yeah, band? yeah, both the, the band. Right. Yeah, the hottest. Oddly enough, the cyberpunk demo, since people haven't seen it, was actually set entirely to Creed.
3: That's why they wouldn't put it out <laughs> because too many people would throw up in their car. I
2: think it's a licensing issue, also, right? Yeah, too that. Yeah,
1: probably well. that doesn't hurt. Uh, Creed <laughs> comes out September 25th, and Evasion, which is a first-person shooter experience, is also coming October 9th. Uh, both are already available for pre-order if you want to get those. Uh, so definitely, they are continuing to support it. I think them. Um, making sort of this landmark of, Hey, we hit 3 million units sold. They aren't forgetting about it, which I think is definitely a concern. We s- sort of expressed in weeks past. Yeah, totally. Nice to see. Totally. Um, moving on beyond VR. If you are not playing, we did have one question though, from Nick McConnell from the Facebook group for beyond, which is Hi, Nick facebook.com slash groups slash podcast beyond. Uh, Nick asked, now that PSVR has been out almost two years, has anyone managed to beat their motion sickness if you still experience it? Uh, And that has been a problem. A lot of people, I think, voiced who either haven't really played VR that much, especially Mm -hmm. the newer headsets. Um, Have any of you experienced major... VR motion sickness and do you?
3: The thing I got the most was um, from Until Dawn, Russia Blood, which gave me not motion sickness, but it, that pit in your stomach feeling you get when you're mm-hmm. going down a roller coaster. I also got it, I talked about this early on in the PSVR's life. There was a game that came out called Windlands. Mm-hmm. That Did you play
2: that game? Oh, that game is like I don't understand why that was a VR launch game because it's a game that is literally just made to make people throw up and Yeah. VR.
3: <laughs> but I, I mean some people got really good it's at it. It's a good game. Yeah, it's really fun. I mean it's it's a very low low-key Spider-Man game like yeah. you basically jump you, you it's a it's Mario 64 in first person but very slowed down and you have to go collect things on platforms and jumping into the air or jumping off of ledges gave me like genuine f- Terror. Yeah, 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 <laughs> like yeah, I would a sit there like game. ah, like I got out of it. It was like sweating, just pale, soaking wet, and I was like, "That's really fun. You should try it out." <laughs>
2: um,
3: so stuff like that. Um, when things like like a, a lot of the verticality in VR is what gets me. Yes. Not not so much momentum, but like dropping, going up and down, giving you that feeling of like you're submerging yourself in something, or you're you're in a roller coaster, like brush of Blood, and it's you know the tracks fall out and you fall. Um, Um, it somehow tricks your brain into thinking you're doing that and you're sitting perfectly still in a chair, Mm -hmm. which is bizarre to me. I don't know how we are just
0: wired stupidly. Um, as for beating motion sickness, uh, I know that we actually have a a cabinet full of, uh, Dramamine here at the Mm -hmm. office, which is, uh, you know, that's what you take for seasickness. And apparently Mm -hmm. that works pretty well for VR. Uh, you know, use, use caution if you're drinking at the same time, obviously just, don't do that. Or just uh, drink twice as much. Yeah, that works too, uh, if you really want to throw up on your living room floor. Um, <laughs> there's also this thing you can get called C-bands, which are these little, like, they're like little sweat bands with a bead that goes right on a, like a nerve on your on your arm. And I I had luck with those when I was a kid getting car sick. I, I, at some point, just... Something happened to me and I just beat car sickness and now I can like read a, a novel in the back of a car and be fine. Congratulations. Um, yeah, but like VRs, I've always been pretty okay with it, but I know that those those do help some people. So that's that's an option. There's a yeah. couple
2: other uh, simpler tricks too, if you don't wanna like buy Dramamine or a fancy band or anything like that. Um, have eaten is one of them. Yeah, don't, food. Don't be overly full, but don't be, like, the, it's kind of unintuitive. You're like, oh, if I'm about to throw up, I don't want to have anything in my stomach, right? But, like, having had, like, not being hungry is really important to not getting motion sickness. Same with being hydrated, drinking water, having water on hand. I've, I've been at... ginger, v- ginger ale is really useful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No,
3: I've been at VR demos where someone has gotten sick and they just hand them, like, a bunch of, like, basically club soda and yeah. saltines. <laughs> ginger chews,
2: too, like, yeah. Like a zoo animal. Yeah, yeah, so that's
0: <laughs> Games, how did we
2: get here? <laughs> Can't believe this thing hasn't sold like 25 million. <laughs> the other thing also is if you do just start to feel it a little bit, just like take a break. Just, yeah. just take a break and it can sometimes give your body a chance to adjust. Because if you start tipping over that edge mm-hmm. and keep going, you're not gonna be able to come back really. Yeah. Like you're not gonna start feeling sick in VR and then be like, oh, it's okay. I got mm. this. Like you need to take a moment.
0: My biggest problem with it is that my I, I don't know if it's a cramp or my, my head will just get tired from having it on there. Mm. Oh yeah. That happened like, a like, bit
1: when we were playing. Yeah, yeah.
0: I'll just get like, sort of like a back of the head kind of Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and it's like, it's, I don't know if I have like scalp muscles, I don't use a lot. It's sort of that. I
3: don't <laughs> It really was fun
1: trying to itch and realized, Oh wait, I can't get to that part of my head.
3: It doesn't happen classic. as much with PSVR, but you get, you get, uh, VR face. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You, look, you look like Oculus a lacrosse goalie or something. That. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like this weird imprint. Yeah. Yeah, Oculus. I remember doing an Oculus demo here at IGN, and it was like noon, and then I walked out and I had a bunch of video shoots the rest of the day, and I just... <laughs> <laughs> I looked like somebody had spray-painted a mask onto me. Uh-huh. I was like, you idiot. Oh, the pink raccoon. <laughs>
1: Classic nickname. Uh, Well, if you don't want to worry about getting weird uh, face imprints, there are other games coming out this week that you can play that don't require VR, including Guacamelee! 2. That is out... I reviewed it. I gave it a nine three. I really liked it. That's like a so that's Like a that. decent, I guess. That I game is or. fucking awesome. It's yeah. great. Oh my god, I love that game. I love it so much. So obviously, if you want to hear my thoughts about it, you can read or watch the review on IGN or YouTube. So I don't want to take up too much of the discussion about it, Brian. Especially, I know you've played a lot. Yeah, How I are actually. You feeling
3: about well, it? I I completely love it. I'm going to go back and hundred percent it. I have probably about three or four hours left. I did a let's play with uh, two of the developers and Damon Hatfield here at IGN, where we got to play four player co op for the first time, Woo-hoo. which is like really fun and really chaotic, but also a lot more forgiving than I thought it would be. Mm. Like it's got the DNA of something like new super Mario brothers, but it doesn't feel like the worst player is consistently holding back the best players. Cause if like a couple of you get to the ledge that you need to get to, um, it sort of just warps,
2: warps the, the, the. Sh- ones there, which is good. It's good to see. See, um, I, 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 cause I played, I mean, it's interesting to hear cause I played Gawk Melee 1 co-op mm-hmm. and I had to abandon it co-op because it felt like a lot of the puzzles and a lot of the jumping sections just weren't designed to have two people and it right. always felt like one person was just sort of like inconveniently behind the other person the entire mm-hmm. time. I mm-hmm. played at least four hours
1: of the main campaign with a co-op buddy, uh, my girlfriend and I were playing and she- Of the second one? Of the second one and she was just getting used to it. She hadn't played one at all. And so there were occasionally parts where she would wait for me to do a series of jumps to see how it worked. Mm -hmm. But because the camera has to, stay centered on both of you, it sort of limits the space you can see so occasionally Mm -hmm. it would follow me since I was the first player and then she couldn't see herself to jump Yeah. so some of the rooms work great for it, there is a lot that is fun in co-op but sometimes you do still have to just let someone die. Totally
3: agree I think it works really well in co-op when you guys are working sort of in synchronicity as a team because um, it's very easy to be a troll and do the time warping stuff when someone's trying to do a key jump and just missing it for them but also there's a lot of like you know uh, scratching your head and patting your stomach thing going on in this game where you're (laughs) using all parts of the controller and it kind of breaks your brain. So to have somebody take one of those things off your plate so you can focus on like double jump into an air dash, into an uppercut, into a chicken transformation, into a uh, reverse beak dive and all that other <laughs> stuff. Um, this game's got really great combat. It's got really smart puzzles. I think it's like incredibly fun and smart the way every environment is designed to be self-contained. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a really deep sort of post and, and game and metagame here from what I'm hearing that, that it goes like effectively the main campaign is a little easier this time around, but the post-game 100% stuff is harder. It
1: gets real tough. There are some challenges where, and like you were saying, you have to use basically every part of the controller. Mm -hmm. What I love about this game is every move that Juan learns is important to mastering some of the most difficult platforming. If you cannot do them all and do them all exactly at the right time and in combination with one another, you will not get to the 100%. There's some stuff that it is turning into a chicken and dashing and then reality shifting and then jumping three times and then punching and then getting three things that revive your punches. Like, mm-hmm. it is constant for a couple minutes. And it's so fun and it's so rewarding to complete them. But yeah, the side stuff gets tough. There's also a wonderful side mission essentially that focuses, they really upped the amount of chicken content in this mm-hmm. game, if I could say.
3: I prove and it Yeah. Yeah, they, the, made they made the chicken better.
1: The chicken is so much better and there's also an important side story that sort of completes your understanding of this mm-hmm. world related specifically to the Chicken
3: Chicken, Formal One. We we did four players uh, and we ran up on a boss as chickens. And like chicken combat in this game rules now. (laughs) It's really fun. And so we just rolled up like this chicken flash mob and we're just like, (laughs) and just tore this dude apart. And it's really funny to watch. So also, like, uh, like, Guacamole is straight up one of my favorite uh, action platforming Metroidvania games of all time. Um, I don't think the sequel reinvents the wheel. I don't necessarily know if it has to. Uh, This is a This is a game made by Drinkbox Studios. They're a small team. They've only made a handful of games. Um, And I I honestly think this is one of my favorite sort of, like, indie franchises of, in video game history, so if you're looking for something to play before Spider-Man gets here, like, this is it. This is a really fun, really challenging game, super rewarding, really gorgeous. So yes, yeah. So
1: uh, beautiful. Speaking of, uh, Faraday Rodriguez from the Beyond Group asks, is there a game I should play through before Spider-Man comes out in a few weeks? This is one of those games. I think so, yeah. <laughs> I think yeah, this so. is Kiwami. <laughs> that too. Uh, awesome.
0: no, so I voiced a while ago on this show that I was sort of lukewarm on Guacamelee! 2, not in a bad way. I really, I love what they're doing. I respect the hell out of that team. Uh, I love the first game, up and down. But I was also like, the first game I went into as a totally unknown quantity, and this is sort of more of the more of the same. Which the same is good. The same is is that's that's a thing that I liked initially, but it doesn't have that element of surprise. Uh, it also, I, I played a bit of it. I played a few hours. Uh, it seems like it leans way more into the precise platforming, which was not my favorite part of the first mm-hmm. one like mm-hmm. i very much like the beat em up stuff and i like the metroidvania stuff and the puzzles and i love the humor uh, but this game is like it pushes back a little bit too hard for you know what i'm looking for like i just mm-hmm. i i suck at platforming yeah. it makes uh, me want
2: to play it more i'm not yeah. gonna lie it, yeah it's tough you
0: are <laughs> a, really a, tough. a platforming man Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. but no it's 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 phenomenal it's gorgeous uh playing on playing co-op i mean i don't know if this is just because uh, I'm getting old and my eyes are going, but because of how colorful the environments are, it got a little bit like hectic to try to keep track of who's doing what. Yeah, especially as you get into like uh, reality shifting and there's oh yeah the color the color palette is constantly
3: changing. You can changing reality and like, yeah.
1: shift independently of each other too. Yeah, oh, which, which is only, crazy. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's um, a lot. So
3: that you're you're each fighting in different dimensions. It's also a lot of the enemies have sort of a a, a colorful candy shell around them that can only be broken with specific attacks. Right, and so when there's four chickens bum rushing people and two of them are fighting one guy and one's over here and one's over here one of you has to do the like you know blue uppercut or the air dash or the the green ground pound to take out one of these enemies and it's kind it gets a little crazy to see it all that said this game doesn't have lives it doesn't really have like you don't get game overs it no continues so it is a little forgiving in that regard. Check-pointing but, is yeah. well. the
0: checkpointing is phenomenal still yeah. but mm-hmm. even then you'll still occasionally hit one of those spots where you're like you got to get through this entire room and you're going to die a lot. Yeah. You know, and I just, I was like, I don't have the patience for this right now. Yeah. You know, I think, I
3: think yeah. the co-op stuff is really well done. Yeah. It is chaotic. That said, I have and will continue to play 99.9% of this game entirely by myself.
0: I also, like one complaint I we had about the first game was that it was very like, uh, it was very mimi. you know, it had like a lot of references yeah. to sort of like, I don't know, like, sort of present day, you know, circa five years Mm -hmm. ago, like Reddit memes, like grumpy cat was in there, Mr. Destructoid, stuff like that. It was very like, here's the front and center, like internet goofs. This one feels more like, hey, here's stuff that everyone loves that's probably a little more timeless. Yeah. yeah.
1: It, it also, for me, those references in the first game were just that. They were just references. Mm-hmm. Whereas here, they tend to work with the references and actually find a gameplay twist of them or a hook that actually makes it worthwhile. Well, there are still signs in the background that are just Yeah, stylish. yeah. There's
0: uh, also some nice, like, winks and nod to other indie games. Yes. Uh, yeah. Also, I love that we're getting this sort of this um, almost like indie game cinematic universe. Like one game that's out this week is uh is Brawl Out. Yes. Which is basically yeah. a it's like a S- Smash Brothers Brawl clone, so you know, in in so many words. For the Except, kids that couldn't sit at the popular table in school. Right. It's it's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's like you've the got, our kids in the corner. Or you've got no, like I mean a that, more, I,
3: I a I more powerful console.
0: Table. Um, <laughs> <that there we laughs> go. Yeah. um but no, it's but it's funny because they've <laughs> got Hyperlight Drifter, they've got um, Juan from Guacamelee. they've got uh, what is it ukuleles in there? Yes, they, like they got. Came a, it. They just. I love that all the, the indies are kind of teaming up and being like, like, "Yeah, sure,
3: why not?" Well, it's like it's like what Shovel Knight's been doing. Shovel Knight's been on this like award tour for the last few years, and he's just like showing up at, a, at other people's party and walking in and being like, "Hey, I'm here to, to hang out. I'll be in a
2: fighting game. and I'll be in a puzzle game." I think it's the publisher Nicholas is also doing that. Yep. making mm. a couple games have like Isaac from the Binding of Isaac and the people from Cave Story. Yep. also Celeste had uh, a secret area that was extremely hard to get to that had. Has, like Super Meat Boy chilling, and some people from Towerfall, and some people oh, from no some way. other games. I yeah. love that. It's insanely hard to like. It literally. I was sitting on the train and realized how to do it six months after I stopped playing <laughs> Celeste. And was like, "Oh my god, I got to go back!" And like, uh-huh. it like, that was, that was is no, such re- a
3: tough. I really like. It reminds <laughs> me of like when like SNL actors make movies, and like you, you, a bunch of other SNL characters show up in those movies. You so. can do it. Yeah, you're like you're all part of like the weird <laughs> yeah. Schneiderverse yeah. or whatever the
2: hell. Is. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> it's cool to see, and like you were saying, it's interesting that there is a legacy of indie gaming that Guacamelee! can point to and even point to itself in that legacy. And it, and it deserves
2: to be a part of, too. Yeah,
1: and it, it's very smart about understanding like how, how to make those references work this time around. Yep. I'm, I'm really glad to see that. Like you said, it doesn't reinvent the wheel, but I don't think it had to. Nope. Uh, it's really nice to see. Super happy with it again. You can see my full review, video review, and written on IGN.com right now. Uh, there are plenty more games coming out this week. Brawlout, as you mentioned, All-Star Fruit Racing.
2: Mm-hmm. which
0: we sounds like we're goofing again, talking about, you know, doggone golf or whatever, but all-star fruit racing looks like, again, if you don't have a Nintendo console and you want to play some wacky kart racing, uh, this is a fruit a fruit racing game about little cartoon cars. <laughs> so wait, this week PS4
3: got like a off-brand Mario Kart and off-brand Smash Brothers? Mm-hmm. This yeah. is like weird alternate dimension <laughs> Nintendo Land. Mm-hmm. I oh, no, there's dabbing oh, in this dab. Of course there is. Uh, this, uh, looks like, things. this looks like if they made a game based on the second half of Wreck-It Ralph, basically.
2: Fair warning, this game came out in early access on Steam, and mm-hmm. I might be misremembering because there's been a slew of Mario Kart-like indie knockoffs recently mm-hmm. uh, i believe it did not get the best reception on steam so be you wary. mean to tell me
0: that the pc gaming master race was not receptive to a
2: colorful Dude, I was- children's <laughs> car game about fruit i am all about <laughs> this game and i think i think it i think the, from what i heard from cursory glances at reviews was that it uh, had some performance issues too Got it. so there, there might be one to look into before just insta buying Well, you
0: know, I've heard that if you're having performance issues some more fruit in your diet might be good for that
2: <laughs> oh god <laughs> Oh boy. Uh, Is this fruit fresh or
1: is it rotten to the core? Stick with IGN News to find out more.
0: All I know is they spelled cart wrong.
3: Rhyme? It didn't rhyme. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah,
1: it did. Well, with the power of the PlayStation 4 Pro, you (laughs) won't have any performance issues. And bringing it all back around, that is IGN Beyond, episode 556. Max, where can people find you on Twitter? Uh,
0: Max Scoville on Twitter. You can also check out me and Brian every week on Up at Noon, where we have a very silly time talking about toys and games and books and shoes and food and really just, <laughs> <laughs> it's, I don't know why they let us do that it's show. It's really an
3: idiotic <laughs> way to describe it, but that's actually doing it a lot of justice because yeah. it's yeah. even dumber than that. Yeah, go <laughs> watch that show. We have fun. Uh, mm-hmm. Tom,
2: where can people find you? Uh, people can find me at Tom R Marks on Twitter and basically nowhere else because I am don't like social media.
3: Perfect. And Brian, where can people find you? Find me at Agent Bizzle. I'm also on a little show called Nintendo Voice Chat here at IGN and Up at Noon with Max and then some other other stuff. Yeah, our nemesis. We're going to go kick those guys' asses. Until you're their best
1: (laughs) friends. And I am at JM Dornbusch on Twitter. You can find me there talking about Kingdom Hearts probably. You can also see Tom and me later this month at PAX. We're going to PAX West. So if you see us, say hi.
3: I was going to ask you a very quick challenge. Ooh. Um, Explain the story to... Kingdom Hearts to me in one sentence.
1: In one sentence. How how many clauses can this sentence have?
3: <laughs> I, I trust you.
1: Okay. I did I did a lot of English uh, classes. Okay so now. Kingdom Hearts is the story of a young boy powered by his love of his friends and his home, of wanting to save not just his world, but the worlds of all the friends he makes along the way and making sure that light can beat out the darkness.
2: It's a pretty long sentence, I yeah, don't know. That was Awesome. and also mickey mouse got dumped real bad and they got to get his heart back Th- no. what uh, his making, actual heart i'm making that no,
0: up. Oh, I honestly I, you had me going for a second i was like that sounds about right i don't <laughs> know much
1: about this his heart
0: <laughs> like
1: physically no they steal hearts yeah like when you when uh, someone dies uh, a
3: heart is that what the heart is in kingdom hearts it's like it's like a, a, an it is a, it King- is a live real- mouse's
1: heart <laughs> Ugh, kingdom hearts is the depository of all the power of hearts essentially and people are trying to harness that power. Anyway, this has been Beyond you Episode 556. <laughs> beyond,
0: beyond, beyond,
1: beyond.
3: <laughs> nice work! Oh, awesome show! Yeah, that thank was really you, guys. Great, guys.